podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. We're recording this on Monday, the 16th of December, 2019. My name's Patrick Smith, and as always at this time of year, a big thank you to Matthew, the music man, MacGyver, uh, for for the the Christmas-themed intro to the podcast. Yes, this will be, well, might be the last episode of A View from the Bridge before Christmas. And there's a fair bit to talk about. Now, I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone because usually, I say usually, but more often than not, I've got an agenda prepared. I've got everything prepared. Nothing's rushed at all. This week, everything's rushed. I've got no agenda, which makes me feel uneasy. I've got no notes, which makes me feel uneasy. I've been running about all day and I've been over to Edgley Park, which I'll come to in a second, which makes me feel uneasy. And I'm just sort of piecing it together. So let's see how this goes. Um, I'll start with the easy bit. Hello, David. How are you? Good evening, Paddy. It's uh, always nice to talk to you, bro. Yeah, and you too, mate. And also, Mr. Joel Neal. How are you? Hello, boys. Yeah, all good. Uh, Paddy, I hear the pre-Christmas diet's going well. You're a whole pint lighter today, yeah? Well, that's where exactly where we're going to start, mate. Thank you for that wonderful segue. <laughs> segue! Uh, back onto our uh, the drive, the Bleed Teal 100, and uh, our drive to give as much blood as we possibly can. Uh, I, today, went to Edgeley Park, which is the home of who? The footballing the blood, home of whom? The blood donor people. No, no, come on. Edgley Park is the footballing home of which football club, gentlemen? Oh, are you asking me? Sorry, I thought you were talking to um to um what do you call them? It's, it's obviously quit, quit stalling for Google. Who who plays Edgley Park? Obviously, Stockport County Football Club. I mean. <laughs> Google, Google, Google. Google. I, just, I just wanted to give David a chance. You've got the broadband the home of Stockport County Football Club to uh, to to give blood for only the second time in my life and. Uh, and it was just as easy as it was the first time and some lovely staff down there and just in all the blood was <laughs> a pint of blood tra- taken from me and I was out the door after a nice cup of tea and a club biscuit. Um, but it's such a wonderful thing to do, especially at this time of year, talking to some of the staff there and they were saying, you know, about how much blood is needed over the Christmas period and you know, people going out drinking and having times there's, there's always more accidents and things like that that the, the hospitals are wanting more blood in to deal with quite often more injuries it's a sad fact of this time of year that it can be a wonderful time of year but sometimes things do happen and when, when blood is needed blood is needed and I was pleased that this time of year I'm able to step up and uh, and give blood as part of our Bleed Tail 100 Um Davey, I'll, I'll come to you. It's something we're just going to continue to drive through the season. Absolutely. I'm booked in myself this week for a, a little donation. And anybody out there that has given so far, hopefully we've got you on our spreadsheet. Yep. Look what you've done. You've you've helped save uh, however many people it is. Three people, I think. Three people, yeah. Three. Um, you've, you've given a tenor to the Northern Ireland Blood Transfusion Centre. Thanks to our good friends at Phone and Cab. Always supporting us, and it's really appreciated. And, of course... There's, there's a drink set up for you, courtesy of Robert Patrick and the Odyssey Trust at the last match of the season. Absolutely. Joel, how, how's your countdown going? 
Yeah, we are. Uh, I have green light from January, so obviously I've been on the four month countdown from from my summer gallivanting, and, and I got some sort of tattoos and stuff while I was away. So to be honest, it's it's a weird feeling because uh, it's one of those things you don't like thinking about, and it, it's pretty squeamish and stuff. But I've actually felt a sense of jealousy seeing everybody tweeting a view from the bridge and seeing you guys getting stuck in and and the good vibes that are around it. So I guess even from my point of view, the the, the sort of drive that we're putting on this season is good in that way. You're looking at it and you're going, look, I want a piece of that. That's that's something. I want to get involved in you know so January I'm good to go and I'll be giving out a pint of the good stuff as soon as I can give I know that I'm very conscious of people you know want to know where and when they can give blood I'm also very conscious that the Belfast Giants don't just have a following within Belfast but right across Northern Ireland so I'll point you towards our um, a view from the bridge Twitter site or the the at give blood NI who today actually tweeted up a schedule for this week as to where you're able to give blood in Balamone Portaferry Cushendall Mahara Plum Bridge you know there's places throughout the week all through Northern Ireland where uh, you'd be able to give blood and, and if you're in GB, you know, you go to blood.co.uk and book yourself in also. But uh, yeah, we'll continue this hashtag bleedtail100 and uh, we'll continue to give that a drive through the season. If, like Joel, you, uh, you, you've had a tattoo, you've got to wait, wait a bit of time. A bit like that guy in Sheffield who had a tattoo of a Sheffield player. Um, I don't know who that Sheffield player is, but I'll tell you who it's not. But again, as I said to Joel, I've seen someone um, getting... Four names, right? Did you remember the Jans badge that was really well done the other week? And somebody yep. got like four names around it, and they got like Smo, who had at the time played like 40 games for the club. Somebody else. Who else did he have, Joel? Uh, I think Galakis was on there. Spear- uh, like, it's, it's a big commitment to put another man's name on your body, first of all. Um, but like the throw, I'm guessing it's not supposed to be a caricature of. Um, Brendan Conley on your leg when he's played 20 odd games for your club. And judging by his elite prospects, there's probably a good chance he's not going to be there for a second season. So, you know, that's. That's big. It is big. I believe the lad's name himself was Brendan Conley. And um, if you haven't seen this picture, if you haven't seen this picture, it's well worth uh, searching out just because it's basically a picture of a fellow with cacks around his ankles showing off a tattoo to Brendan Conley. Who's trying, yeah, can to, I, who's try, can who's I just... trying to sign it while, you know, not touching anything. <laughs> Can I just step up and and uh, say a word in defense of my brethren out there who get rash tattoos with cool. very little consideration? Like the one that I'm talking about, the one that I'm currently waiting like a four month waiting list for, so I can get on the blood uh, the blood game is uh, I went to Cyprus for a wedding at the end of the summer, and yeah. three days in, I find myself in a tattoo shop on the Ionapa Strip getting my favorite hotel cocktail tattooed on the back of my arm. And you know what? That's not the only one that I've got in those kinds of circumstances. So look, it's a special kind of person that goes out and just does that you know I'm, I'm not there to judge the tattoo itself but i do yeah, we, are, we are we are you guys are obviously of a certain age and don't understand these kinds of things but just not it was I, I, i'm not a tattoo person but i'm also not a person <laughs> who will look at something like that and go oh wow that's not a tattoo of brendan conley <laughs> i was more rattled by the by the positioning and the framing of those photos on the bench <laughs> why go bags down when you could go shorts up and if you're going bags down why go tidy like why fronts do you know what i mean uh, you know yourself, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an ink brother myself joel you know i've got a i've got one for the, love, one, one for the love of my country as well you know so uh it's, and uh, to be fair that one does look like arlene foster so <laughs> and on that note <laughs> 
yes, but if you've had a tattoo, check out the uh, blood donating website because you don't think you can give blood for how long, Joel? Six months? Uh, four, it's four months four. if you've been uh, to a certain list of, of countries that have current kind of viruses and four months if you've had a new tattoo. And, and six months if you've had a bad tattoo of Brenton Conley. Um, <laughs> You're actually blacklisted. <laughs> right. Let's get, let's get stuck in by looking at... Great start. <laughs> yeah, great start. Like I said, I was uneasy from the start. I mean, I've, I've, I'm also looking after the kids. Did I mention that? I've got the monitor next to me. I've got the, my wife's hey, at the go. Trafford Centre. Let's go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hockey, right? Enough. Yeah, this, this, show, this show's about hockey. Let's go. Oh, yeah. It's not, not about my woes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> right. Uh, Challenge Cup quarterfinal first leg took place last Wednesday live and exclusive on Free Sports. The Belfast Ooh. Giants were subject to a 1 0 defeat at the midway point of this Challenge Cup quarterfinal. They'll go on to face the Cardiff Devils this Wednesday. We'll talk about that later. But the only goal of the game came at 14.25 from Joey Martin. Uh, with regards to goalkeepers, um, yeah, there we go. Uh, yes, told you. Shane Owen, 23 saves, and Ben Bounds, 38 saves. Your referees were... oh oh. Blake Colton and Andy Dalton. This is the way it's going to be. Uh, good job. Good job. Clutch thank, so far. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the only thing about this game, David, and you know, I think going into the game against the, the Cardiff Devils at Ice Arena Wales this Wednesday, the only real thing I can really bring up is the fact that it's a, it's a tight margin that we're going into battle against. This game itself is probably punctuated by the fact that we've been shut out twice at home in consecutive nights. Yeah, now we did um, speak about this game in the section that I love towards the end of, of last week's show. And we said, you know, you have to factor in that this is minimum six period game. One of the reasons, you know, we'll probably not have chased the game quite as hard as we could have if it was a one off game. Towards Because you, you want to keep it tight going in. Um, I think overall, we probably edged this game. Certainly, we're going through that spell where we just couldn't buy a goal. And yes, we came off the shutout against Sheffield. Um, we've gone on to be shut out. And what was a decent enough performance? You know, with 334 shots, maybe the, the, again, the quality and the proximity and where those shots are coming from. And you look, maybe we'll, we'll go on to talk about the likes of the clan game and where we scored our goals from. We didn't get in there on bounds, um, but the game was tight and it wasn't one of those games where you could start going run and gun because you know you've got another three pairs. I'm not even really, I know this sounds stupid, I'm not really even putting this game down as a loss because it's literally half time. Um, you know, the, the game is certainly not lost yet. We've been to Cardiff plenty of times over the years, and even since they moved to the, the new Ice Arena Wales facility, you know, we've gone in there and won plenty. This game is not dead. You know, it started brightly. That um, sort of first five, six minutes was good, and then we'll have um, Pellich and I think Mark Lewis throwing the gloves down. I think that was a yep. little bit of carryover from the games in Cardiff. Yep. I think um, Lewis didn't play uh, this second game, so I think maybe he had a bit between his teeth. Yeah, so he was there. Um, there was a lot of stuff went on in those two Cardiff games. Dante Voglio was involved in a lot of stuff. Lewis was involved in stuff in the first game. And, you know, they've obviously spoke to each other and said, yeah, let's get it out of the way. And they did. And, and that energised the whole building as well. You know, decent crowd in there. I think there was over, over 3,000 in for, for what was a midweek game. Always, always hard to sell those seats. And, and on TV. You know, and, yes, as you say, on TV. And, you know, First period tight, second period really, really tight. No chances either way, really, in the second period. It was a game of real puck possession for both teams. 
Um, you know, trying to get that ozone pressure we didn't get. And then the third period, the Giants opened up. I think the Giants side shot the Cardiff Devils something like 18 4 in the last period. You know, we had a go, but we had to be conscious on the back end to not let anything up. And we did that pretty well. You know, we only gave up four shots through the last 20 minutes. Cardiff, I think, came with a certain, you know, we'll we'll settle for, for coming out of here with a win as well on the night. Blocked a lot of shots, Belfast. You know, as I say, we just didn't get down in the house enough there. But we come away, we live to fight another day in this tournament, and, and it's, it's it's this Wednesday night. It'll be tonight if you're if you're downloading it on, on the day the podcast comes up. I'm going to be at it, hoping that the Belfast Giants can pull through here because we want that three peak. Absolutely, I think one of the things Joe uh, Davies brought up there as well. The Giants obviously in that third period battering Bounds's goal, who had to stand tall as he tends to do when it comes to big games. Um, but defensively, the Giants actually look pretty okay. We give up one goal, but defensively they were pretty sound. Yeah, here's the thing. I, I, you guys have kind of alluded to it there. It's this one's tough. Um, you know, there, there's definitely the the dominant headline is going to be Belfast shut out back to back at home, which I, I could be wrong, Davy, but it was going around uh, after the game that that was the first time that had happened ever in franchise history. Would that be correct? I'm not obviously not one to know. That is absolutely correct. That unfortunately, not the first time we've been shut out back to back. First time we've been shut out at home. on home ice back to back, which is. Yeah. A, isn't a great stat, but as we said, it's hard to really. You gotta look at factors. Yeah, you know, let you go on there. No, but yeah, but you're you're exactly right. You know, and and it's really it was it was hammered home in post game. Uh, I spoke to Bobby Farnham and I spoke to Adam Keith after the game. Both of them said, you know, there are nights this season where yes, we have been squeezing the stick, we have been in our own heads about trying to score, um, and we've got away from our process and and the sort of checklist that Adam Keith talks about of things we want to do in order to be successful. But that night wasn't it. The Giants actually stuck to the process and and. Unfortunately, frustratingly, they actually played a good game. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the game started with with the hallmarks of an absolute barn burner. You know, uh, I think as as you said, David, we looked dangerous in the opening minutes. Uh, that old fashioned, you know, center ice uh, offered out, and and Matt Pellich accepted for uh, the, the tilt was fantastic. The pair of them really emptied the tank on each other, and it fired everyone up. Shortly after that, then Jordan Smotherman rang the iron. You know, it, it definitely settled in that second period, but for the rest of the game, it was permeated with sparks of hope from Belfast like that second period Bobby Farnham was an animal as he always is but he fought his way inside almost by himself and got two absolute great A's that were denied by honestly Ben Bynes was, was fantastic you know especially in the third our power play on the flip side was dreadful all night and um, that's mm. been an ongoing issue uh, just you know it's it's not even uh, the, the old problem of taking low percentage shots it's not even getting set up to carry out any kind of offensive cycle, which is frustrating. Um, you know, there was, uh, I think, to be honest, the game was lost a bit. Their frustration really got around the building in that third period. If, if you had been there, you would have felt it. You know, that delay of game that wasn't called, the penalties that were going against Belfast, the frustration of not having goals in in two and a bit games, because obviously we did our score in the first night in Sheffield, mainly in the second period. And by that, I think that, you know, the, the game just, there were factors off the ice that I think contributed to the entire feeling and the entire emotion of the night and, and being shut out again but listen uh, half time boys and being 1-0 down with three periods of play is not the end of the world it just couldn't have come at a, a worse time with obviously a tricky second Sheffield game Power plays a good shout there Joel David I'll come to you on it you know, five power plays against Sheffield no goals five power plays against Cardiff no goals two power plays against Dundee no goals sorry one play power play against Dundee no goals and that will we'll be talking about these three power plays against um, Glasgow no goals power plays a problem 
I really hope Adam Keith isn't listening. I don't believe he does. So um, <laughs> I actually heard he does. Oh, all right. So well, can he, I've not, can have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, Come on. Um, in, in terms of our power play, if you look back to the games where we played in Cardiff where our power play was really snappy, our zone entry was absolutely killer that night. We'd, I think we talked about it on the podcast, about um, really transitioning down the strong side and then swapping and, and entering the zone on the weak side, if you like. And we were getting really good zone entry, getting set up. And that was the night that I think Goodwin started. And it was Goodwin, Mullen, Smotherman were playing around the top of the umbrella there and getting shots off. And we got goals from it. For some reason, we are we're not playing that same style on on the power play at the moment. We're not getting good zone. We're turning a lot of puck, not just power play, but just regular play, regular five on five play. We're turning the puck over a lot, ten feet inside the blue line. We're not getting any depth. We're not getting deep. We're not getting good ozone pressure, which we did away in Cardiff as well. I know we talked about it in the podcast about the amount of times we pinned Cardiff in, not letting them get line changes us getting ozone line changes and one thing that really works well for us is getting the puck on on the far circles and two men coming from the bench we you see it a lot with our play that the guys come in and we get opportunities from there and then they're going either mid slot or they're getting a shot from the top of circles because their fresh legs come off the bench cardiff or whoever haven't been able to change that process that we've been going through of that zone entry just isn't isn't there at the minute for me so we're not getting good setup time and we're getting crowded out, and then we're spending a lot of power play time chasing two hundred feet to go get the puck and try and do the same things again. You know, riddle me this. I'm not a I'm not a coach. I'm not even wouldn't even pretend to say I'm good at analyzing the game. I don't know why what has changed there because I you know I, I couldn't draw a play on a board. That's just from the naked eye. We're not getting any depth into the ozone to get set up, and and that's my not my concern. That's my analysis on it. You know, until we get until you get take ownership of that ozone and you can start playing the puck around that little cycle that Joel was talking about, getting it back up to the point to get the shots, to get the tips, to get inside that blue paint for rebounds until you have control of the puck. You can't do that. The highlights of this game, I, I don't know. They might be on um, YouTube. I haven't actually looked because I, I watched the game, uh, but I know sometimes the game when it comes to premier sports, there are uh, free sports that are on YouTube. Um, we're going to, Paddy, can- Sorry, can we pause just really quickly to, to mention something that we haven't mentioned that we cannot move past without mentioning um, the, the OSC appreciation night of Matt oh, Tome. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's good shout, mate. Um, obviously, it, it, from what I know, you know, obviously our, our very own Simon Kitchen was was in the middle of it all with with all the arrangements and stuff happening. I think uh, Toby's better half did a lot of the the sort of heavy lifting, and I think his dad was in town for it and stuff. And it came as a total surprise to him. I didn't really get a chance to be involved because I was I was running media, kind of working and down into the tunnel and stuff. But from everybody that I saw, everybody was just grinning from ear to ear. Toby seems so proud, but just it couldn't the ovation that he got and the love that he was shown couldn't have been more deserved. It was it was just lovely to see. Here, here, Davey. Toy came here at the end, at the tail end of a career. He had retired for, yep. for, for, for and he, he signed for us again. Uh, and you know, he did great things. Toy played. Toy knew his role, knew his knew his skill levels, knew his limitations, and played a role to absolute perfection within this team. Mm-hmm. He, he he threw the gloves down a couple of times. The organization when he had to, he scored. A game-winning goal in Cardiff in a Challenge Cup final. 
he, he should have just retired there and then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, he, he, he couldn't. Have re- he, that was just such an absolute highlight moment for him to get that to go and celebrate straight in front of the fans to get the cup a few minutes later. But you know, Toy's now settled down, Claire, family, and you know he's got his little businesses, and it's just a real good news story for an absolute gentleman. Mm-hmm. It, you can't. You know, we're very fortunate we've got to meet a few of these guys. I'm, I'm obviously now he's retired and he's in Cargo Coffee, available in Bangor on Hollywood if you're ever passing. <laughs> nice. You can go down and he's such a personable guy that he'll come over and chat to you. And, and there's any time I'm ever in Cargo, there's always somebody with some Belfast Giants logo on and he's over talking to them. And, you know, he loves that interaction. He's just a lovely fella. He's got a lovely family, beautiful children, child, sorry. And... um you know, great success. I wish to him. I I thank him wholeheartedly for his time and tale. He was a great guy to watch, and we support him as much as we could when he played for us. And we'll buy his bagels for as long as he's in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> got to have, got to have my uh, got to have my input on this, and uh, I agree with both you gentlemen. Uh, Matto, fantastic player, fantastic servant for the Belfast Giants. My OCD kicked in when I realized he did the same number of points for the Belfast Giants as he did for the Cardiff Devils, the two teams <laughs> that were playing that same night. But uh, and I really hope he's at the same level, 56 points, I think it was. I hope he had that at the Guildford Flames as well. That would just be a nice bit of symmetry. But the, you know, a, a, a great guy who... who um, and I, You talk about his dad. I don't know, I've, I've had the... I've had the opportunity a number of times to, to meet his mum and dad at away games when he played for the Giants and two nicer people you couldn't meet and, uh, you know, very chatty, very personable and you can see where Matt gets it himself. So yeah, no, congratulations to Matt. I think, uh, very well deserved of his, of his, of his tribute night and the video was good and, uh, yeah, well done to, uh, well done to declaring and this season. And, uh, I know he thought he was commentating on that game as well. He didn't notice yeah. it was on free sports <laughs> to get him to the game, which is absolutely brilliant. But yeah, well done to Matt. Um, right. Let's, let's go to this, uh, Dundee Stars game back in the league actions for the belt, league actions for the Belfast Giants. And, uh, it was 4-2 victory for the Giants. Uh, the Giants goals coming from Ward, Hamilton, Smotherman. And Ronka. Uh, Dundee Stars come from Dow and Kevin Defoe in goals. Alex Leclerc with 29 shots against Shane Owen with 23 shots against. And your two referees were Pavel Hallis and Toby Craig. Joel, the first period of this game marked the seventh consecutive period of no scores. Which, if you look on Twitter, people were starting to you know, scratch their heads saying, oh, no, we've, we're still not scoring. But in the second period, we start to open up. We score three through Ward, Hamilton, and Smotherman. We get no one through Ronka at the back end of the game. But, uh, in the end, you know, we're trying to break that hoodoo that the Dundee Stars have over us and we get that a win over in Dundee. I felt, uh, I felt that the the anxiety and, and the maybe the, the edginess I'm feeling was also being played out on the ice in that first period. You know, it's just it really is just you need that one and mm-hmm. and you just relax. You know, and we'll and we'll come on to talk about the clan game the next night, but it's phenomenal. Uh, you know, we've we've spoken in recent weeks about the psychology of sport and how sometimes it can dominate anything uh, versus X's and O's and stats and, and and plays and whatever else. Just once the goals start coming, you see those guys start to enjoy their hockey again. Um, you know, it, it was, it was a relief just to see it. Um, actually, I, I watched this one with uh, with with Kevin Rain, who's obviously uh, 
getting himself fit to, to come back into the lineup. Uh, he, he must have exhausted his entire friends list that night because everybody was in Dundee and just reached the very last name. And mm-hmm. and I went over, but um, and, you know, it, it was it was lovely to see just his face as well. You know, uh, there there are times on Twitter this year when when you when you've heard you know all oh, the players this year don't care. There's no buy in like last year. Blah blah blah. I sat beside a guy who cares. You know, he is raring to get back into that lineup. He's working so hard to get ready, um, and and he was glued to that game and and hitting every puck and, and talking to the boys as if he was out there. And it was a lovely glimpse for me as a mere fan to see just the passion that these boys have for what they're doing and obviously supporting each other. But that aside, um, what happened in that game is that we did what we say we should be doing to score goals. The I think at least three of the goals, if not all of them, they come as a result of working our way inside, getting the puck to the back door, having guys around the crease. And I mean, I think three of them were backdoor finishes. Um, just, just coming from gritty zone possession, from working our way forward, not from working through the neutral zone and getting a shot away, trying to, to force a rebound, which we've already seen this year with the Dundee Stars is not going to happen. Um, you know, the, the, the goals came because the boys did what they were supposed to do. Um, I thought it was a lovely piece of perspective afterwards though uh, I'm going to read a quote from a head, co- a head coach in post game uh, we worked hard we took our positives the lack of scoring is getting in everyone's head right now and that's very unfortunate not Adam Keefe Omar Pasha you know it's uh, it's so easy to get wrapped up in our own wee world of oh my goodness the Giants are, they can't score goals this year it's terrible this is something that happens as part and parcel of every hockey club we may have been a bit snake bitten recently but everybody this year especially in a wild season this year everybody has their list, their little their little bag full of problems that they're trying to work through. We're so far from being alone and we're still very much in the mix. But this Dundee game, we did what Adam Keefe said we needed to do after the, the shutout at home uh, a couple of nights earlier. We needed to go out there. We needed to take out our frustration on Dundee and we needed to win a game that, in all honesty, we should have won anyway. Davey, when we get that goal, Brian Ward gets that goal 31-49, the Dundee Stars hit back pretty quickly. So the Giants had the gather before Curtis Hamilton was able to start the, uh, starts to pull away again. And uh, like Joel said, you know, the Giants had to find a little bit of character, which they tend to find that game. Probably the biggest frustration for me for that uh, middle period that we played pretty well in was that how quickly we conceded mm-hmm. after after going ahead, I didn't think we were brilliant in the first period. I give the old bus legs or whatever you want to say. You know, I just don't think that we we played well enough in the first period. Again, kind of like um, saying from the Cardiff game as well. I think that um, we we failed to control the offensive zone. We didn't get in. We, we turned a lot of pucks over. But as Joel has also said, we got our goals from the blue paint, the edge of the crease. We went in there and got them. Getting the goal was great. <laughs> You know, I think we could have done better for their goal. You, you, you do, you, you think you all the goals you score are great and all the goals you concede are bad. But you know, I think we do, need to do better there. And you know, but to go and then and then get the rest of those goals in that period it set us up nicely for the third period. And you know, we controlled the puck for large periods of that third period as well. We we did a bit of a number on them. We were able to take a bit of the foot off the gas in the last seven, eight, nine minutes of the game as well. Um, Good to see Patrick Rock getting a goal. Um, yeah, you know, yes. He's buzzed about. His wheels never stopped turning. It just hasn't worked out in Belfast for him yet. Uh, you know, as uh, the production numbers aren't there. You know, I've I've heard different spicy takes on it on on, on the Twitter sphere. Why he keeps working hard, good things are bound to happen. Um, and he does. He comes off that bench with that exuberance, and he 
he does a bit of Mark Dudium style skating around the on around the back of net and around the front of net, and he's just looking for those lanes sometimes that aren't there. But he was good on on Saturday night. He was able to get in fantastic pass. Can't think now. Um, is it Ryan Line? He puts a, a cross ice snap pass from like top of circles right into him skating in. Yes, for his goal. Um, and he just comes in and, and hammers it in at the back stick. It's a lovely pass. Um, so good to see him getting a goal. Always, always good to see Muggies on the back. And I know that you know there's been a lot of hate for different guys on on Twitter, and there's lots of. We'll come on to like here long probably. We'll talk about him later in the show because I have a, have a little thing after seeing something that Taff said on on the internet. But you know, as far as Dundee goes, it was a professional enough job. Poor first period. I think we were pretty dominant second bar the goal we gave up, and then we were able to control pretty much control the puck for the third period. So pretty professional performance. Well done, boys. Yep. I think we'll just leave that game at that. I think the Giants getting back on the back in the winning ways with a four two win against Dundee away and trying to narrow that series is a, was a good setup. If you want to get the highlights of this, they're not twenty five minutes long this week. The game four minutes on on the IHL channel. Four minutes. Did it? Four, is that what it was? The IHL? No, okay. their 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 YouTube uh, highlights weren't twenty five minutes this time. They were 20, uh, okay. 20 minutes. Oh great! Excellent. So, well, you you have, you have that extra five minutes to just do a bit of Christmas prep. You know, I get did. ready for the holiday season. I did. I, did. I could have done an agenda in that time. Um, <laughs> you get that from Stars TV on YouTube, um, and we move on to Sunday's after, Sunday afternoon's game back at the SSE Arena against the Glasgow Clan. Good afternoon and welcome along to the SSE Arena in Belfast for this Elite League clash between the Stanline Belfast Giants and the Glasgow Clan. Earhart steps inside of Relic's throws it over and it's through. The first shot on goal here for the Glasgow Clan and the Clan take the lead with 51 seconds on the clock. Giants and Earhart with a shot brings one off the post. Owen didn't know much about that one. And the clan again, very, very aggressive. And the Giants in. From Belfast Giants here, Smotherman looks to get out for a chance at the top of the blue line. David Goodwin steps in from the blue line, rifles one over the top of the glove. Of Patrick Colleen and Goodwin gets his first goal for the Belfast Giants. Belfast again, get the puck out front, send the net though. Ward got it past Colleen. From our angle here, I just couldn't see the puck enter and seen the red lights coming on. And the Giants get the go ahead goal. Brian Ward gets 22 to go in the second period. Belfast looking to get a hold of it and Liam Morgan slots it home and the Belfast Giants take a 3-1 lead there's going to be a timeout call for Belfast Giants I think that's a smart play by Adam Keith five minutes on the clock they get two quick goals take a little bit of sting out of things here for the clan 
Reddick's nice run, catches from there, grip, hey! Between Ward and Reddick's, Reddick's right over the tip of Bobby Farnham. 4-1 Giants. Second, Jermaine's Morgan with the red pepper cut. I'm giving Goodman gets the second of the game. Here comes Ryan Lighting to the ice case for Smollerman. Smollerman inside. What a fight! Jordan Smollerman. An absolute brutal 6 1 Giants. The clock ticks away with six seconds remaining off the glass. Up. And back down to the Glasgow clan end. And that's going to do it. And the Belfast Giants convincing winners of this game. 6-1 uh, against Fitzy's clan. Uh, David Goodwin with two goals. Brian Ward, Liam Morgan, Bobby Farnham and Jordan Smotherman getting the Giants goals. Scott Jacklin, the new the new signing for Glasgow, getting their only marker with regards to goalkeepers. Shane Owen, 24 saves. He played 60 minutes. I say that because Patrick Killeen only played 40. Nine. 19 saves, 5 goals against, and Jordan McLaughlin came in, 19 saves, 1 goal against. Um, your referees that night were Andrew Dalton and Dean Smith. David, not many penalties in this game, actually. I thought the referees did, I'll just say that straight away, I thought the referees did a fantastic job. It was sort of a, a well-fought 5-on-5 five five game that the Giants were relatively dominant all the way through. You say that, I'm not going to talk about, go on. <laughs> talk about the referees at all. But for a crossbar after maybe two minutes, this could have been a very different game. Um, you know, Clan score early. I think Travis Earhart's given the freedom of East Belfast there to get a shot off. Jacklin tips it in front. Not a terrible lot of one can do there. You know, it's, it's tipped from the low slot. It's, it's one of those that can go mm-hmm. anywhere. It's gone past him. They've came down the ice again and hit the bar just like a minute or two later. Suddenly you're 2 0 down at home and you know that you're under pressure for goals. And as you know, used to, one of the things Joel was saying there on squeezing the stick a bit tighter in the pressure. And, and make no mistake, these guys play in a pressured environment. It's not it's not just a game to them. This is livelihoods, this is this is hanging banners, this is pressure. But you know, I think we were fortunate enough, um good one who had got a bit of stick on, on Twitter as well from the same same kind of zones, um, comes up with a goal. And, uh, you know, at that stage, one each. And we'll go into that middle period. And the Belfast Giants have been pretty good middle period team over the last number of games. That's Dundee and, uh, and in the clan. And we've we've gone on a little bit of a tear up in that second period. Don't want to take all the, all the, ice, all the, all the mic time and Joel, but, you know. Um, no, you're fine, mate. Don't worry. Reddix, I thought, buzzed about really well. A guy who hasn't had major production and has been under pressure. Buzzed about really well. Comes up with a couple of really nice plays. Um Wardy has been doing really good things. Bobby Farnham again, and I think it was that Farnham link up with Reddicks in that goal as well. Yeah, um, Reddicks uh, fed it from behind the goal. It was yeah. beautiful, the fourth goal. So, you know, we're getting... And then what I was going to come to, towards the end of that game, with Jordan McLaughlin and Nets, um, we're getting a few power plays, and we've thrown Kieran Long out there. The guy needs a break. He does. He's skating hard as well. <laughs> somebody somebody had given a lot of stick out to, to Longer on, on Twitter, and so much so it I think it made Taff jump in almost to his defence and me as well to an extent like I was trying to say there are factors around why Kieran Long isn't the 60 point guy he was last season one ice time he, you mm. know when he was in Manchester he was probably 
on one of the top two lines most of the time. Playing with probably Manchester's top two imports at the time, feeding him pucks. He's feeding them pucks. It's going to get you more goals. He's moved in new city. He's moved in new country. He's moved in new culture completely. And I don't mean culture as in DUP something. I mean hockey club (laughs) culture as opposed to, you know, not... It's not playing in the Silver Dome or whatever Silver Blaze, whatever you call it, Drizzle Dome. You know the Drizzle Dome. You know he's now playing in the Odyssey Arena in front of thousands of people every week, and that brings pressures on its own. And you know it will. He, he's he's getting the odd look. He, he had a, had a I can't remember if it was Cardiff or was it Sheffield where he had a bit of a breakaway and he just mishandles the puck slightly, going forehand, backhand, just can't get it popped over the pad. I think a bit like Ronka, if he gets a goal. Suddenly the monkey's off the back. A little bit of pressure's yeah. off, and he can, you know, he can start to play the game that he was. You know, we talked to the Kieran Long um, on a view from the bridge before the season started. Whenever he signed, there, I don't know, it, it might have been me that interviewed him. I can't remember. <laughs> and we asked him how he was going to go, how he was going to transition from being that top line forward to probably starting at least fourth line, maybe third line forward in Belfast. How was he going to earn that ice time? How was he going to? You know, how was he going to accept that he wasn't going to be that 60 point score? We knew that Kieran Long wasn't going to come. Well, anybody that didn't, anyone that thought that Kieran Long was going to come in here and have another 60 point season, way, way wide of the mark as to what we were signing. Work in progress. The guy, you know, st- still a relatively young fella, getting a different coach who's he's hammering different processes into him. I think it'll come good for Longer. But I just think he needs a wee bit of time and he needs to get that monkey off his back and hopefully a goal comes. Hey, wouldn't it be great if it comes tomorrow night? Yeah, fair point, Joe. Yeah, just uh, I want to echo uh, that's that's a uh, very, very uh, sort of acute analysis from Davy there on Kieran Long. You know, uh, I, I summarised it much, much more simply because I have a much simpler brain than you boys, but... Kieran Long's frustration at the minute is evident, but so is his determination. There is no one out there right now, Bobby Farnham included, that is uh, challenging himself and critiquing himself and beating himself up and working as hard to try and just break that streak. And I will happily keep Kieran Long on a lineup because the the passion that he's shown every shift that he gets. Uh, you know, uh, you know that he's got the the ability. Look at his numbers in, in that breakout year in Manchester before he came over to Belfast. Um, I think he got the, the highest score in Britain in the league that year. You know, he has it in him, and there are factors aside from, you know, Kieran Long being on the ice. He is not getting the ice time. There's much more depth on this roster than the Manchester Storm ever had, and I'm happy to keep him. Um, but look, that aside, I mean, I, I am I am rooting for longer right now, uh, and and not in a condescending way. I don't I don't want it to sound like we're we're belittling or whatever else because uh, <laughs> he's he's a he's a fantastic hockey player. He wouldn't be on our team if he wasn't. Um, it's just something that pros have to face every now and again. You have to adapt to a new set of circumstances and you have to overcome. And my God, I have rarely seen anyone working so hard and and so outwardly so wearing it on his sleeve. He's working so hard to overcome his current set of circumstances. But look, that aside, the clan game, uh, we uh, in media took a collective gasp whenever we went 1 0 down, and then the the iron was rang seconds later. It could have gone, uh, as Davey says, a very, very different way. Um, But look, do you know what? Uh, There couldn't have been a better goal at home to open that game after having endured two and a bit games without one. Uh, Goodwin's first goal, uh, the, the puck sort of 
rolled into the, the mid slot and he thundered that thing. I mean, the the sort of collective outward pouring of relief and elation was just fantastic. It was one of those little snapshot moments that's going to stay with me after this season goes. Just one of those little circumstantial moments where everybody just needed that. It was fantastic. And again, that just loosened everybody up. Uh, Liam Reddicks for the second fed Brian Ward in the edge of the crease. And what did he do? Backdoor, hammered at home, going to the net, going to the paint. And that's what happened with the third goal as well. Um, Liam Morgan won a draw. Lewis Hook got a shot, which was rebounded by Colleen. And then Morg's beautiful hands across the front of goal, and he finishes at blocker side on the backhand. Um, again, we're just getting gritty. We're getting in front of him. We're getting on his grill, and it's what you want to see. And Davey's talked about that fourth goal. Liam Reddicks was Awesome, absolutely awesome all night. But just in that setup, uh, working the puck from from behind the net and feeding Bobby Farnham, who once again hammered into a yawning cage at the back door, and so on and so forth. Uh, I also I can't move on from that. I know I'm a little rambly tonight, but I'm just I'm just elated from that night. It was something that we just all needed, uh, and everybody's just on a high right now. It couldn't have come at a you know ju- just as losing one nil to Cardiff couldn't come at a better time circumstantially because you've got a second leg. These two games couldn't have come at a better time heading into that second leg you know we are free scoring creative gritty everything that we want to be uh and it was that the the exclamation point of the entire game was hammered home by jordan smotherman with that six goal an absolute bar down worldy i had a great night <laughs> in the SSC arena but i don't know if you can hear it but it's first you know it's frustrating you see whenever you have to sit and watch these games. As someone who first and foremost is a fan of the club, I love the Giants, uh, and, and I've, I never made any sort of apologies about that. People might call me a happy clapper or a homer or whatever, but I love the club, and I hate having to go down into that tunnel and talking to someone after a loss. I hate it. It, it turns my stomach. See, to be able to walk down there and see everyone smiling and happy with a big emphatic win, a big, a big four-point weekend that we just needed with free scoring and creativity, it's just awesome. It just reminded me why I love hockey. I came home glowing from that game. It was just so much fun. Um, and look, it couldn't have come at a better time. We have... Challenge after challenge coming our way. This time of year is historically tough, but uh, I just think we're hitting a little run again. And uh, listen, it's all to play for. Look at the table. If anybody's saying the sky's falling right now, maybe this sport's not for you. And it also came against the clan. Where's the clan? <laughs> Yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, highlights of this. We're going to move it on because the highlights of this game are available from Belfast Giants TV. Uh, from uh, commentary coming from our good friend Mr. Kitchen and uh, and Andrew Dixon, who's oh, commentary here, I really enjoyed. Way. Go on. Yeah, Dicko's commentary was Brilliant. outstanding because He's so good, man. It, it gave some real great insight into goaltending. Yep. Um, which I really enjoyed. He talked about Shane Owen. He talked about Patrick Colleen and and. He also talked about Jordan McLaughlin and, and his his sort of analysis of the Jordan Smotherman goal. As soon as it went then he's like, mm, I think McLaughlin's a bit deep in his crease there. And then he waited for the replay and he talks through about, you know, coming out and closing that angle probably doesn't give Smoo the top of the shelf to shoot into. And, you know, he's, he's, he's really analytical. I really enjoyed listening yep. to Dickel on the, pod, or on the webcast. Absolutely brilliant it was, mate. And uh, you, know, you can catch the highlights of it, Belfast Giants TV on YouTube. And also you can get the post-game analysis, sorry, the post-game interviews and uh, Joel's fantastic game report on kingdomofthegiants.com. Um, 
before we get a few interviews, something else happened on Tuesday, and that is the new signing of Rickard Palmberg, a 30-year-old sentiment come right winger who's uh, from, from Sweden. He's played all of his career except for earlier this year. He's played all of it in Sweden. He had a few games in the Czech Republic at the start of this season, and he joins the Belfast Giants on, on Tuesday. He is available to play on Wednesday. Um Apart from the fact, Joel, that he looks like he could beat you, beat you up in an alleyway from his photograph of Elite Prospects, uh, <laughs> he, he, the, the, the talk, obviously, the proof of the pudding's in the Eden when we see him play, but from uh, from scouting reports, what you hear, he seems to be a bit of a creative player. Yeah, creativity is the thing, you know. Uh, had a yeah, and it's you know Elite Prospects and, and googling around and translating yep. sketchy news articles is not science and, and his piece of the puzzle uh, is very much determined by how he arrives in how he plays with the teammates around him but for for the best that we can do for now you know for looking at, at this pickup for a mid-season pickup it's exactly up our street in terms of what we're looking for and um, the the fact that he played his entire career in Sweden at a high level, you know, he, he got a few games in the SHL, but I, I think it's fair to say he made his name uh, in, in the Division 1 in, in Sweden, uh, played 243 games. This is just off of these probably prospects, David, don't get at me, but 264 <laughs> points from 243 games. Now, you don't need to be a statistical genius like David Majemsey to see that playing at... <laughs> Playing at above a point a game is fantastic, and you know you look at that Swedish first division. You're you're well equipped to come into the elite league and, and play your trade. Uh, again, I'm just happy to see that uh, that the Odyssey Trust, that Adam Keefe, Steve Thornton are all working hard and and care about results on the ice and not just bums and seats and giveaways and all the things that they're often critiqued for. We obviously care about you know keeping this train rolling. So couldn't have come at a better time. And welcome to Belfast. I'm I'm stoked. David, you said last week that one of the key things, especially in the title race, would be signings that are made between now and the end of the signing deadline. Uh, this is, is since that time, this is the first player the Belfast Giants have brought in. And uh, obviously, it's a reaction to the lack of scoring. Yeah, look, um, again, as Joel said, we, we everybody, as, as they do, jump straight on the likes of elite prospects to see what what to say about him, you know, and, and the, the as, as Joel has also said, you know, you go and look for articles and stick handling speedy center, not massive, um, again, so a little, another, a little small bullet, hopefully. And, uh, you know, you just, I think this team, this roster that the Belfast Giants has is, is just one or two pieces of a jigsaw short of being really, really good, or one or two pieces short of them. The, them getting the performances that they're due out of them on the same night. There's you, no one who could have told me that Patrick Ronka at Christmas would have had the points he had. I thought this kid was going to come in here and, and burn up. But the Belfast as a whole roster, you know, barely a player over a point a game. I know we've talked about this on on a number of, of podcasts in a row now. So everybody, if this comes in and it's maybe just a little spark that ignites the absolute undoubted talent that is, you know, in every corner of that locker room, it's the, the talents there, the names. I don't need to rhyme any names off. Any one of these players should be able to light it up in the elite league. And just on some nights we'll have, and on some nights we'll have. And I don't, I can't remember whether it's you, Paddy, or whether it was on the phone who says the other day, and we were talking about, you know, because of the huge turnover of players, maybe that message isn't getting through yet that two points in October, November, December are as important. Yep. As two points, as as a win in the playoffs, um, you know, maybe that message just hasn't quite got through because we've dropped games 
that we should certainly I know the game's played on ice and not on paper, but on paper we shouldn't be dropping some of the points that we've dropped. It is it has been a concern. You know, we've gone and banged six packs past clan with four past on D. That that gives you hope. <laughs> Isn't it you that says it's the hope that kills you? Yeah. <laughs> um but but hopefully um hopefully he says hopefully tomorrow night or, or Wednesday night as it'll be against Cardiff um it could be the start of something because this is again, you know, we're going in against the one of the big boys for for want of a better term. On on, and as Adam Keefe has said, he he wants to see what this team's like playing playoff hockey. Well, Wednesday night's their first opportunity to really play playoff hockey this season. Yep, came on Tuesday, available on Wednesday. We'll see uh, the reaction that takes place on Wednesday night. And, uh, of course, we'll talk about the uh, the forthcoming games in a short while. Uh, we're recording this on Monday night, uh, which means that on hopefully on Tuesday, Mr. Kitchen will be down at training and maybe he'll pick up a couple of interviews. Let's see. Let's have those interviews now. Delighted to be joined by the latest Belfast signing, Ricard Palmberg. Ricard, welcome to Belfast. Oh, um, Thanks for the background noise there, Mr. Mark Garside. Um, how did the move come about uh, to end up in Belfast today? Yeah, I played in uh, Czech in the beginning of the season. It didn't turn out as as I wanted there, so so I went here and I'm happy to be here. And I heard a lot of good things about the city and the team, and um, yeah, stoked to be here. What sort of player uh, can the Giants fans expect to uh, have coming out of yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm a small uh, center man. I like the offensive play. I'm, uh, good in the power play. Uh, I like to have a lot of puck and yeah, hopefully make a lot of points. Tomorrow, uh, you have the opportunity to play your first game for the Belfast Giants against the Cardiff Devils. Do you know anything about the Elite League and what sort of standard you can expect to play in? Yeah, I have a couple of guys uh, from Sweden who played here, uh, so I talked to them and they say the league is league is good. It's become much better the last year and uh, like I can see there's a lot of good players coming here now, so. So I'm just happy to be here and excited for the game tomorrow. Looking forward to your first Christmas in Northern Ireland? Yeah, I'm going to stay here for Christmas, so it's going to be good. Right, quick around the league. Um, What can I say? We're looking back at some of the results from the weekend. I have to give a bit of credit to the Nottingham Panthers, who seem to really have pulled themselves back into into contention, having had a terrible start to the season. They did have a uh, a three two overtime win away in Cardiff, but then had a three two home loss to Manchester. One team really coming on my radar at the minute are the Guildford Flames, Joel, mm-hmm. with a three one win uh, in uh, away to the Clan, and then a five two win away to the Flyers. They are free scoring at the minute. Yeah, look at the standings. Uh, Guildford, we you know we've known it for a while, and it's been talked about around. They may play in a glorified leisure centre. I mean, there, there are really there are people is. walking, there are people walking around the concourse in their water wings. But you, those guys have a serious backing, and a, uh, you know, I think that the structure of the club is very sound. There's good investment. They uh, we've talked before about Paul Dixon's ethos with that team. You know, in a league with such high turnover, he believes that keeping as much of a core of players together gives him an inherent advantage over those other clubs. He gets the jump on them, and that's what's happening. They've climbed up into fourth place, and they're. Currently, what four points off the mark? They're two points behind us. We obviously have the two game, the two games in hand, but they're sort of just chipping away in the no, background. We no, we don't. We play two they're games. Two games, games oh, sorry, you're right. You're sorry, you're right. We're we're two games ahead of them. Okay, so even yeah. even better, yeah. Um, so everything I just said uh, increased my enthusiasm by ten percent. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, they they are there. Look, 
the thing is, they're a contender as much as the first seven or odd, odd teams are in the league this year. The the elite league this year is banana land. People are scalping each other week in, week out. There's no real form team at the minute. Obviously, Cardiff are sitting on 30 points with all of those games in hand, and I'm right on that one. They're four points mm-hmm. or four games behind Sheffield and, and uh, two behind us, but you know, Guildford in a couple of months, it could be Glasgow again. Nottingham could start climbing again. I do agree with you, Paddy. They they are a very solid team, and, and I think that that uh, they're they've got a just a cool, steady hand. They're they're well put together. They're a stable unit. They all know each other. They know how to play in this league. Um, but I just I've I, I've learned so far this season to stop making predictions and stop saying you know such and such is going to stay here. It wasn't too long before our friend uh, since our friend Jack O'Gaz was on uh, Twitter talking about this being Glasgow's year and look where they are and he admitted it himself. So I can say it. Um, but yeah, no, look, uh, so, sorry for rambling. It's it's more of a just kind of general thought I've been having on the league. But you're 100 percent right, Guildford right now chipping away in the background and a very dangerous team as we know all too well from last season's Challenge Cup final. It's interesting, Davey, because, you know, the, with regards to the points ratios, or points gained, you know, Cardiff, when you look at it that way, are 0.68. But, uh, you've got second place in that 0.64 for Guildford and then ourselves in 0.63 before the lead leaders in Sheffield on 0.62. So, you know, as, as Joel says, teams are taking points off each other, but Guildford are certainly dangerous. Very, very good in the special teams, which in a, in a league where... On any given night, a referee can call ten penalties or no penalties. Is uh, you know something that uh, it's great to have a really good power play up your sleeve, and they've got speed to burn as well. And it's, like Joel said there about the retaining a nucleus is always important as well. And, and those guys get that points are important in October, November, December. They have came stealthily up the league there, as you say, sixty four across the season. Nothing to be sniffed at there, and. They're always a, that's a difficult old barn to go in there. I don't think we haven't been there this season at all yet, have we? Nope. No, so we've got to go to Guildford, uh, you know, another three times. And yeah, it's a, as as Joel has said, there, you know, seven to first. It's there, there's nothing between it. There's you know, cigarette paper between the top seven teams here. And another another what another two and a half three weeks left in December, and that'll be us at the halfway point of the season. It'll be very very interesting what the position is. It's a very busy period this now for, for all the teams and you know the next half dozen, ten games is really going to, I think it'll, the next dozen games is going to start, start to uh, lost the term that I'm looking for here, but in another ten game, ten, we're going to be able to start to see the league shaping up and the, who's going to be the contenders and who's not. One Sorry, team. coach. So, huh? No, I apologise to the coach there for getting my words mumbled up. <laughs> WhatsApp in the morning. Give him off. I, I, <laughs> Tell me what I, the be. I'll run it past. I'm seeing him tomorrow, mate. I'll run him past it. The <laughs> um, one team uh, that are making changes are the Dundee Stars. Going back to that sort of points ratio, they're languishing at the bottom with only 30% of the points gained of the games they've played. And uh, in the last seven days or after the game against us, they signed Alex uh, Schoenenburn. And then just today, Monday, we've had the uh, the signing of former Nottingham Panther and Matt Carter. And that, that is a good pickup, I have to say, Joel. Yeah, Pash isn't one to sit still. You know, he's... Uh, I don't mean this in a bad way. <laughs> this this is gonna come out wrong, but well, Omar Pasha is very skilled. 
polish in third, right? He's he's given smaller budgets compared to the rest of the league. He's given players that don't have NHL, AHL dominated careers, and he binds them into these very dangerous wee teams that can scalp you in any given night. Um, I think a lot of Pash, as I know you guys do, and he's a longtime friend of yours, and it's nice to see him, you know, passionate about the club. Pash really cares about the Dundee Stars. He cares about what the fans think. Um, he cares about their league position. They're very much not there to make up the numbers. And I know that that's tough to say when they're sitting languishing in 10th place right now. Um, but it's nice to see him sort of, again, similarly to what we're talking about with the Odyssey Trust, you know, going out there and looking for guys, not resting on, well, you know, we'll maybe try and put a late stay, a late season uh, push together for an eighth place, maybe get into the playoffs. Pash really cares, and, and that's just what's coming through there. Um he has a great talent of turning smaller clubs into uh, self-sustaining businesses as well. You know, there's a, there's a great wee fan base in Dundee coming week in, week out, much as there was in Manchester when he was there with our, our you know, the Coach Russell formerly of this parish. Um, I just, I think a lot of him, uh, and I think it's a statement of intent, maybe in a different way than than the Giants currently, obviously with the different circumstances. Um, but they have goals that they want to achieve and they care about their club and where they sit. They're not just there for the crack. You know, they're not there to take money off fans. And, and that's just really what the, what what those statements of intent are. Davey, Joel's right. No, Dundee had to ring the changes. Look, I I spoke to Pash this time last year, and I could do the same tomorrow. I don't get how the Dundee Stars are dead last and, and blown because, as Joel said there, you know, on any night they can beat any team in this league. We've had our our problems obviously with them this season already. It's it's a real conundrum for him and I'm making a going into the market and making a couple of moves will obviously be key for him. And you know, you want to see you know, I don't want to see any other team do well, let's be honest, I don't really care about other teams, but you want to see the teams where you've got, you know, I, I like Pash, he's a lovely fella. I'd mm. like to see his teams doing well. He deserves, if anything, he deserves to be getting a team where he doesn't have to worry about that budget quite as much. I'd love to see what Pash could do. With a Nottingham Panthers, for example, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, would, I would still, I'd like to actually see him in tenth position. I hope he goes to Nottingham <laughs> and <absolutely laughs> sinks them, <laughs> ends up in the NINHL. <laughs> um, you know, um, but you know, I'd, I'd like to see Pash doing a wee bit better with Dundee. It's a, it's a real riddle there as to how that team can have won thirty percent of their games, but they can come to the Odyssey and win. They can, we can go to there and lose. You know, it's it's. They're such a little run and gun team that oh. if they get a wee bit ahead of you, they're back. There's a lot of goals there conceded. That'll be a big, big concern for him. You know, he's conceded twenty odd more goals than the Manchester Storm, and uh, you know that shows you that maybe the difference. The Clark can be really, really good, or he's obviously got a little bit of that in him that he can concede goal and bunches goals in bunches. So you know, you look at uh, Matt Ginn and and Manchester conceded eighty one goals. Dundee Stars, 103 goals, 325 games. Not really good enough. You're running over four goals a game. You're going to find it hard to get out of the basement. You're absolutely right. And we'll see how... Joseph Fritzl stand. have to see that. You'd be back. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Wow. Um, I don't know, uh, but Let's hope... Uh, you know, we, actually, we got a lot of time for passion this show. Everybody everybody knows that. I'm, don't laugh. I'm moving on from that. The... Uh, the... Uh, the... Uh, uh, yeah, you know, we've a lot of time for passion. Anybody who listens to the podcast knows that. But you know, uh, apart from when they face us, we hope that Dundee uh, do find a way to, to to climb that table. And maybe these two signings and Alex Schoenenborn and uh, and Matt Carter, who they say was a good player for the, the Nottingham Panthers when he was there, are the two players 
that will help them do that. Uh, two more quick points to make before we move on, both maybe yes, outside of a late league. First of all, uh, there's a bit of ire on social media over the fact that the Sports Personality of the Year didn't mention Team GB's achievements. All I'll say to that is, it's just a TV show, lads. Um, <laughs> don't worry about it. It's like, you know, it's not and, really and that's, that much of an effect. That's like, coming from big TV no, fan, Patrick Smith. So I'm going to have to have a comment, come back on that. Go on. Um, Every you got you're right. It's a TV program. You got to accept it. Basically, an English TV program with who's the best English person? Um, because <laughs> could anyone argue that Johnny Ray, who I think he finished either second or third in the show last year after winning four consecutive world titles, goes and wins a fifth and doesn't get nominated? So you know, there's and and I believe through listening to a, a lot of. Uh, sports chat shows over the last while, there's no Northern Ireland representative even on the picking panel, if you, if you want to call them that. You know, it was a an Englishman, a Scotsman, a Welshman. There's a joker probably somewhere. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But like, I, I'm, I'm the, the Ray thing, I could argue. Am I allowed to argue? Well, no, let me just, uh, let me nail my colours to the <laughs> here. I went, I went to school with Johnny Ray. He was in the air above me, so I'm, I'm all in on Give it to him for the next 10 years. All it says, I, I think, it's, I think I, you're right, it, Patrick, a hell of a, you, can, a, you can make arguments, yeah. A hell of an achievement, a wonderful achievement, and a very achievement that the country should be very, very proud of. Isn't, Mo, isn't, isn't MotoGP a higher achievement? Oh, jeez. Is it? Different, it's, it's, it's a different, it's, a, it's a, <laughs> almost a different sport, Yeah. to be quite honest with you. Um Listen, Lewis I Hamilton. tried. Listen, you're talking to a guy who tried to argue in the anchor in Port Stewart that the that the uh, that the Northwest oh, no. 200 is too dangerous. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I and I, I learned never to cross the yeah. the motorbike people ever again. Yeah, a few Giants fans listen to this right now are so mad, absolutely fuming. Phil Armstrong's listened to his last podcast. Um, <laughs> Daniel Brown um, raging. Uh, never crossed yeah. them like that. You can make arguments for many, many, and I could certainly. I think that the team GB should have been. I, I, I didn't watch the show. I was at a carol service on Sunday night. Um, one of the first times. I, I'm, I'm that bored, kind of, with the the sports personality year that I wasn't. It, it was something I grew up with. Never missed one of the big nights of the year. Mm. Wasn't even worried about it this year. Um, but so I don't even know if team GB were even mentioned. In, in the team section that that, that did so well, nope. you know, I watched it. They weren't back to back gold medals and going into the top top division of ice hockey for a country that's not really expected to do that. Olympic qualifiers coming up, do something there, and you never know next year. Stay up in the big group again, go to the Olympics. Who knows? You'll, you'll maybe get a mention next year. But look, let's be honest: ice hockey is not going to be winning any team awards at sports personality. While there's an English rugby team, who won the team? Uh, the English cricket team. Oh yeah, because they won the won, World won the World Cups and all this. All that sort of nonsense. Who even cares? Board <laughs> yeah, board move on. You, I, I've I've annoyed the motorbike people. You've just annoyed Neil Russell. Let's do all that. Uh, that's what this show does best. The only other point I'll make is best wishes to Paul Thompson, who's unfortunately been released in the DEL oh. by Shannon Winger Wild Wings. Uh, maybe we'll see him back in uh, in the Elite League at some point. I know, Davey, you had your thoughts. 
Sorry, Paddy, you broke up there. You know I had. Your own thoughts on this? Oh, yeah, you look at it, you don't like to see anybody out of work coming up to Christmas, you know. <laughs> Tom who's took a chance there. He's obviously gone to, to Europe now on a couple of separate occasions and, and obviously he'll, he'll come back to the UK for the time being anyway. It's where his, where his home is, where his family will, will be. And, you know, it's, it's it's unfortunate for him that it happened right for him across the water. Obviously, Pete Russell's over there, Corey Nielsen's over there at the minute. And it's good to see British coaches getting an opportunity in in bigger European leagues to, to to try and cut the mustard. Unfortunately for him, it hasn't been right in this occasion. Who knows whether Tomo? I don't know whether he still has a controlling stake in the in the Coventry players or not, or whether he's he's even interested in coming back into the elite league in a coaching role. You know, he's he's kind of been here, done it, and you know he'll maybe be looking at another opportunity elsewhere. But if he does come back in the elite league, sure, wouldn't it be great to have him in there? Great personality, great great coach, um, fantastic fella, and uh, wish him well. Just not against us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. A lot of time for Tomo, really great guy. Um, we wish him he, well. He's always someone that years ago, Paddy, we talked And I remember writing on Top Shelf, the uh, Belfast Giants award-winning um, game night program, <laughs> no longer do, um, many years ago. And Todd Kelman rejected and said, no, you've pumped Paul Thompson's tires far too much there. We're not printing that. Um, <laughs> get him. Make, make him our coach and then, you know, we'll, we'll not have to do that anymore. But uh, he's he's someone that I could have seen behind the bench in Belfast many years ago and I thought he would have done really well with this, with the, uh, with our club, but it uh, wasn't to be. Mm, no, and a great guy to talk to, a real interesting mm. guy to talk to with regards to, to, to interview and he's always very forthcoming. He has been very forthcoming when we've chatted to him here in A View from the Bridge, be it when he was at uh, Coventry or at Sheffield. So, uh, no, we wish him well in the future. Um, no fan agenda this week because the boys are all out on their Christmas dinner. So um, we're going to batter ahead and have a quick look ahead to the games that are forthcoming over the next, say, week or so. Don't know if we're going to have a podcast next week. We might do. Otherwise, the next podcast will be the 29th of December. But so regards to the games that are ahead, obviously, we're away to Cardiff uh, on Wednesday, then at home to Cardiff on Saturday, away to Fife on Sunday before facing the clan just after Christmas in our normal home and away games. Um, the game on Wednesday night tonight, if you listen to us on the day of release, is obviously a game that is on free sports. So let's hear from our good friend, Aaron Murphy. Live and exclusive EIHL on Free Sports this Wednesday. Challenge Cup quarterfinal leg two action from Viola Arena in Cardiff as the Devils host the Giants. The home side have a 1-0 lead on aggregate after leg one, but the Giants have added Ricard Palmberg to try and spark the offense. Belfast are two-time defending Challenge Cup champions and will be looking for a big road performance to keep their cup streak alive. Joey Martin and the Devils will have other ideas, though, and look to get back to the heights they achieved in 2015 and 2017. So, who will advance to the semifinals? Join Paul Aidey, Chris Ellis, and myself, Aaron Murphy, from 7 p.m. to find out. Face-off, 7.30 from Wales. Cardiff versus Belfast. Challenge Cup action coming up on Free Sports Wednesday, December 18th. Check freesports.tv for all our festive hockey info.
Yep, so that's a tight game that we're going into against the Cardiff Devils. So two games against Cardiff, one against Fife, two games after Christmas against the Clan. Davey, always a very contested period of time is Christmas. And uh, when we were looking at like that 1st of January and the business end of the season coming squarely into focus, these games, especially maybe this, this second leg of the Challenge Cup, are really key. This is the potential to really move us one or two ways. It could kick us on. It could kick us in the because you you know we want to go in there and get a positive result, keep that defence of the title going there, that uh, Challenge Cup title that we've held for the last two seasons. We want to put Cardiff out. You know that as as much as wanting to win tomorrow night, you want to put them out because you know you want to you want to give them some hurt. You want them to be licking their wounds for the for the next few weeks, thinking about what could have been in another final in their barn that they're not involved in. You know, I'm still not convinced about the Challenge Cup format, but we're in a semi-final here now. This is this sorry quarterfinal. This is a massive, massive game for our club tomorrow night, or sorry Wednesday night. Potential of a new guy coming in, which all the problems and good problems that, that, that brings the Adam Keefe store. Who does he leave out? You know, hopefully Kevin Rain's not too far away from getting himself back in the team and even to block some shots. And uh, you know. I, I'm not looking beyond. I'm not even going to talk about the weekend's games tonight. I'll let you and divvy those ones up. But I really think going in there and, and coming out with that high pressure, high forecheck, heavy forecheck game that we did in Cardiff a number of weeks ago is going to be crucial. Controlling that ozone again is going to be crucial. Getting special teams firing. Our 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 um, penalty kill has been outstanding. Our penalty, our penalty, our power play has to come up a wee bit here. We we'll have to start producing a wee bit more. Those those league games, Joel. You know that that follow this. You know you've got this one, the ones this weekend where we face Cardiff at home in the league for the first time, and and then we go away at a tough game at Fife, and we know what happened the last time we went to Kirkcaldy. So you know th- those are two games, and you know we'll deal with the the clan games of the normal Christmas home and away. But overall, it is a. As Davy says, it's, and with the with the changes or the additions that are taking place, it's it's a real opportunity for the Giants to kick start. And if they don't, then it's going to be dangerous. Yeah, look, one I think one of the the most cruel things about sport in this part of the world, be it uh, you know Irish League football, be it the Elite Ice Hockey League, is that there is no respite at Christmas. If anything, it's the absolute opposite, and everything just ramps up a gear. Um, and I'm I'm gonna drop my buzzword again, but psychologically, you need to be tough. You need to be ready to take that on. You know, whenever the rest of the world is sort of on the on the wind down to you know a week and a half, two weeks if you're lucky, off to spend time with family and to do your parties whenever else you need to be locked in and ready to go the next two weekends including the game the the cup game on wednesday are absolutely pivotal in terms of the definition of this season for the belfast giants um you know it's it's davy has has is spot on there it's so hard to look past the next game because right now we are a game and a time team and we are hot after the past two in a row so you want to go in get that Challenge Cup worry off your back for another little while so that you can completely, well, I guess if we lose, it'll be off, <laughs> it'll be off our back. As well. I want to have a positive feeling of being, yep, next round, we still have that trophy. That trophy's in contention. Let's get back onto the league. Um, the next two weeks are, I can't overstate it. You know, it, it's just going to be absolutely critical in terms of how this season pans out. But look, we are, what, uh, two points off the top right now, uh, two games behind the Sheffield Steelers. 
how did we go into January last year? 11 points adrift. And how did the second half of that season go? Let's not get too wound up and too worried. Let's just back the boys, take it a game at a time. And uh, and if things don't go our way, uh, we proved last year that it's it's literally never too late to make something happen. You know, uh, there's there's no <laughs> it doesn't get more last minute than standing in a hotel, getting ready for your end of season awards dinner and winning the league. So look, uh, season defining fortnight. I feel like we say that every week, but it's a season defining fortnight for this team. Uh, but let's just roll with the punches and keep things as positive as possible. It's a roller coaster emotionally. It's exhausting even to follow it. So I can't even imagine what it's like to play it, especially at Christmas time when you're thinking of your family back home, whenever you're missing what you normally do. So let's just try and keep behind the boys and just keep rolling here. Uh, we're on to a good thing right now. And, and there's no reason why we, we uh, can, can't carry it on over the next couple of weeks. Fully agree with that. The games, as I said, Wednesday night live and exclusive, live and exclusive on Free Sports is the second leg of the Challenge Cup quarter final between the Cardiff Devils and your Belfast Giants. The Cardiff Devils leave that lead that game one nil, and the game will be at seven thirty p.m. Uh, we're on the Saturday at home to those Cardiff Devils in the league seven p.m. Get yourself down to what is going to be an absolute barn burner, no doubt. And also, you know, maybe have carryover from what we. See on Wednesday, 7 p.m. at the SSE Arena. And if you can't get to that game, Mr. Kitchen will take you through it on Belfast Giants TV. Then we go on Sunday over to Kirkcaldy and the Face the Fife Flyers. 6.30 p.m. Kirkcaldy. You can follow that on the Fife Flyers webcast. I'm not going to commentate. Sorry, comment on the commentators. Um, <laughs> maybe I should commentate. The... Uh, <laughs> And then, of course, then we go through Christmas and it's uh, the two games against the Glasgow clan away on Friday the 27th at 7p. Sorry, at home on Friday the 27th at 7pm at the SSE Arena and away on Saturday the 28th. Uh, on 7pm over in Brayhead in the shopping centre. Any other business, gentlemen? I was maybe just jump in with, uh, unfortunately, our wee mate Blake is back again. Um so obviously it goes without saying that as the battles that he's going, we're, we're thinking of them every day. I dropped Christina a wee message today just saying that he's in our thoughts daily. Mm-hmm. Um, he is obviously one of, of many families, young people who sort of, uh, you know, have that support network of our club around them, which is you know one of the most special things about the Giants. But um, I'm going to do it as soon as we finish recording here. But I don't know if you've seen on at Blake's Wheels on Twitter, they're currently having a bit of a whip round for the staff uh, in, in the children's ward there. <clears throat> who do, along with the rest of our NHS, have a tremendous job, especially at this time of year. Um, so I think they're trying to, to get something together just as a, as a show of appreciation for the care that they've given Blakey. So they're only asking you for a quid and, and tagging five friends in to see if they can move through a quid in as well. So um, as I, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. <clears throat> as I say, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to be jumping on and, and, and sticking uh, a few coin, a pound in the coffers. So if you're able to do it, I know it's a tough time of year and everybody's kind of Christmas shopping to do and whatever else, but um, I'm sure it would go a long way just to show the appreciation for the, the care they give our we mate. I have to agree. No, it is a tough time of year. And it's, I think that I saw that on Twitter myself and I'll do exactly the same as you, mate. I think it's... Uh, the the guys in the NHS we spoke earlier regards to the bleed tail and and you know Christmas can be a very busy time in hospitals with doctors and nurses and you know putting their everything in I know even even my own good lady wife you know obviously she's a mat leave at the moment but the last few years she's been working on Christmas Day in, in her job at, at Western Hospital and uh, and it's so difficult over Christmas time I know Davy you know with, with with your wife and I think it's so difficult at Christmas time 
that you have these guys digging in and I think it's a great thing to have that sort of a whip round and, and I'm thinking of those people doing that hard work at this time, Davey. Yeah, look, the the NHS, uh, you know, is much maligned as weather. You know, what's strategically underfunded by a, a succession of governments, I'm not going to say it's a Tory or a Labour thing, it's not. It's been successfully underfunded by for many years for many, many different political reasons that we don't need to go into. The staff that run that place are just second to none in this yeah. world. They um, they sacrifice so much more than, than people will ever realize to to get there to look after your children to look after your loved ones and you know if you can throw them a quid your way or more then let's do it and i I get on there too joel i throw them a a quid or more and i'll tag a few boys in and see if they'll throw one too yeah anything from yourself david no mate nothing from me i'll be down at the game on wednesday night but you can catch it on free sports with our good friend Aaron murphy and i assume paul the coach eddie yeah get yourself involved mate Get up in the country. I'll go and see Coach and take him a coffee as normal. So I will. So uh, it'll be good to catch up with him again. Here, here. Say, uh, never, say never. Whisper, whisper, never forget, never forget. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, always a classic. Well, then on that note, then we'll we'll wrap it up here. Um, the games, as I said, like away to Cardiff, home to Cardiff, away to Fife, and then the two games after Christmas uh, against the Glasgow clan. You can follow those home games on Giants TV, but mainly we want you to get down there to the SSE Arena and watch your Belfast Giants and what could be a pivotal fortnight, as Mr. Joel Neal has said. Um, I'd like to say thanks to Aaron Murphy for giving us the preview and thanks to whoever it is that Mr. Kitchen's able to get in the uh, in uh, interviews down a training tomorrow as this is you'll be hearing this on Wednesday and a big thank you to Mr. Majimsey and Mr. Joel Neal and a very happy Christmas to both of you yeah here here pleasure as always friends thank you good night lads and uh, yes as I said for me this is my last podcast till the 29th you might hear something next week but I want to wish everybody who listens in a very happy safe and wonderful Christmas and wherever you are this weekend we hope you enjoy your hockey we'll catch you here next time on A View From The Bridge Podcast Network.